If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, everybody, it is the Between the Ropes podcast, and I am Brian Fritz back once again here. I've survived New York City. I've survived WrestleMania, and now we will see exactly what's going to be happening with WWE uh, following their biggest event of the year. Stu Myrick, our good buddy from the Sports Guys Talking Wrestling podcast, is going to be joining on here in uh, just a few minutes. I do want to warn everybody about one thing, and I'm going to try to hold it together. But I'm living in uh, North Carolina now, and I don't know if anybody has uh, seen this on the news yet. There is a pollen outbreak here, and uh, spring is coming, obviously. And uh, we might actually be here. I'm looking out the window right now. It's going to be mid-70s today. But uh, the area where I'm in, which is the Raleigh area, has seen an incredible outbreak of pollen. I have never been around anywhere near this much pollen before. And I'm not, like, horribly allergic, but it's actually getting to me, I think, between the fact that I stood outside MetLife uh, Stadium for over an hour in the cold rain, was uh, drenched, freezing, and quite honestly, I could not move my fingers properly for eh, a couple hours after that. Um, between that whole debacle that happened after WrestleMania, between the fact that I got uh, you know three to four hours of sleep on a couple of nights there, and then now... This pollen outbreak is going on, which, as people tell me now, is the worst pollen outbreak that they've ever seen here uh, in this area, like ever. And if you get like these visuals of the city, like these big, wide visuals, the city looks yellow, quite honestly, because there's so much pollen coming down right now that I have been uh, uh, basically battling this. I have the sniffles right now. I'll be honest with you. I have the sniffles. So I, I will try not to sniff too much here on the podcast today um, as I'm doing with this. I mean, I've, my nose is running and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, other than that, I think I, I'm pretty good. I, I thought I had a swollen throat earlier, but uh, I think I'm past that part already, or hopefully I am. So 
I just want to warn everybody, hopefully, I'm, I'm not trying to give any excuses, but hopefully I'm not sniffing all over the place here because that sounds like garbage. But um, yeah, there's a pollen outbreak here and it's getting to me a little bit. I'm taking some allergy medicine. I, I didn't realize I was like allergic to pollen before because I've never had anything like this happen. I mean, even when I lived in Florida, we had some, but it was it was nothing that ever bothered me or maybe just very slightly, but uh, here, this is a totally different story. So I will uh, hopefully avoid sniffing all over the place and annoying everybody because of my allergy issue that I'm dealing with right now between, like I said, the allergies, the lack of sleep and still recovering from freezing my ass off and feeling like I was uh, about um, two steps away from hypothermia on Sunday night outside of uh, MetLife following WrestleMania. So, Ton to get to here on the podcast this week as we'll talk about uh, the superstar shakeup that's coming next week and the uh, post WrestleMania shows. And then uh, there's some other news and notes when it comes to uh, WWE. We actually have some uh, news when it comes to some of the, uh, the creative staff, what's going on there. And um, it's just an interesting time when it comes to post WrestleMania as well. We kind of wonder where exactly WWE is going to go, what direction they're going to be. We've got, we've got the shakeup coming next week and wondering like who is going to go where and what storylines they could do. And I think the, the added punch on all of this is with SmackDown moving to Fox in the fall, wondering what they're going to do with that show. And do they start taking some strides to whatever changes they're going to do here with the shakeup when it comes to talent. And uh, we've already seen a couple of things already happen where it comes to new feuds. We'll see exactly that, if that's the direction they're going to be going, because that would mean some people probably have to uh, change brands. And I think we already have some teasers on uh, some people that are going to be changing brands already, considering some of the uh, things that they've done on TV or even TV tapings that they did this week. Uh, quick reminders here. Thanks, everybody who is supporting Between the Ropes on Patreon. You could do that as well. Just go to patreon.com backslash Between the Ropes for $3 a month. You get the ad-free version of the podcast. So thank you to everybody that is doing that already. And if you can do that, that would be fantastic. Also, you can subscribe to the Between the Ropes podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether that is on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the TuneIn app as well, and on Spreaker. So please listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. And please spread the word to everybody as well. Had a lot of fun this past weekend doing the podcast with Michael Wiseman. If you did not check those out, feel free. Go back. Check them out. We did uh, one after... Uh, NXT TakeOver and previewing the uh, G1 Supercard and WrestleMania. And then we also did one uh, the morning after WrestleMania. So we talked about that as well. And always enjoy uh, having Michael on uh, the podcast whenever we can do that. And uh, I did some videos even in advance of uh, WrestleMania. I was like walking around in the parking lot. And, uh, uh, you know, that's something that I've talked about doing before. And I'm trying to make some strides right now. So there's going to be some more video content that will be uh, coming up here and just making it uh, viable when it comes to my setup and also when it comes to my schedule as well. So hopefully uh, that will be coming here in the very near future. So be on the lookout for that. Now that I've said it, I probably should do it. Uh, that, that would be a little bit helpful. It's probably not good to tease something and then not do it. So hopefully, um, I guess I get off my ass and do some stuff there. So, oh, and by the way, I appreciate everybody that also uh, checked out my work for WrestleMania week on sporting news. Appreciate that for everybody. I hope you uh, followed along. I had live coverage of uh, G1 Supercard and WrestleMania. I wrote a post G1 
um, column and same when it came to uh, WrestleMania. Plus, we had some other things up there when it came to content. So I hope everybody uh, checked that out, enjoyed that over on Sporting News. And uh, the easiest way to find that is go to the Sporting News website. And one of the drop downs, you can go to WWE or you can just follow me on Twitter. I am at Brian Fritz. And you can also follow this show, this podcast on social media, on Twitter. It's at Between the Ropes. And of course, you can go to the Facebook page, go to facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes. And that's where you can leave your questions that I will answer here on the podcast. And I'll be doing that after I get done talking with Stu and a lot of different people putting up a lot of different questions. So uh, thanks to everybody that did that. I always enjoy doing some Q&A. Back on the podcast, he's Stu Myrick from the Sports Guys Talking Wrestling Podcast and show a man who survived New York City simply because he was smart enough not to go to WrestleMania and get caught in the rain afterwards. <laughs> you damn right I did. Boy, I'm so glad. I felt bad I felt bad for you and Michael, but man, I was so glad I stayed in Manhattan and watched it at a watch party. It was uh it was much better. You know, much a much easier time for me. You know what the worst well all all of it was very, very miserable and horrible. But afterwards, it was funny because where we were standing there and getting soaked, one of the guys goes, Fritz, you really do not look good wet. <laughs> like, And then I, I, I saw what they meant later when I saw myself in the mirror. Like, I was so wet. You ever see like those Caesar haircuts that people have? Um, yes. That is not a good look for me. And that's basically what my hair was doing at that point was just this big mop on my head. I was just like, this is... I'm not saying I'm uh, anywhere close to a sex symbol, but this is quite possibly the most unflattering look that I have, unless I went bald. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That's that is pretty bad. Yeah, no, yeah. it was. No, I had a good time. Uh, shout out to the guys at the Jobber Tears podcast. Never heard of it till now, but uh, they host a, a great watch party in Manhattan. Hung out with Al Snow and James J. Dillon and Marty the Moth Martinez from Lucha Underground. It was it was a lot of fun. A lot good. of people. Good. So we're now in the uh, post-WrestleMania fallout. We saw Raw. We saw SmackDown. We've got the Superstar Shakeup coming up next week. Here is one of the big things that really caught my attention afterwards is that, you know, going into WrestleMania, we knew what the main event was going to be. It was going to be the triple threat women's match. I think we all thought, for the most part, that was the match that that should go on last um, because of all the buildup and even the history that went into it. But when I look at the totality of that show, and uh, the fallout afterwards. And even a couple of weeks before WrestleMania, I kind of thought like the most emotional match it felt like at the time was Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. And then when I look at it now, that was what was really emphasized on both Raw and SmackDown. I was like, yes, they talked about the women's match and Becky cut a promo on both shows. And it looks like she's got a, a new feud coming up here with uh, Lacey Evans. But the celebration and the emotion surrounding Kofi Kingston winning the WWE championship was really the thing that stood out like they, that they made into a bigger deal. I couldn't agree more. Look, you know, all the credit in the world to Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey for being in the main event. And it was, it was a fine match, uh, you know, albeit with the, the botched ending, but you're right. The, the I think the match that the fans were most emotionally invested in by far was Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship from the new Daniel Bryan. Uh, I mean, besides the WWE Championship, for all the talk about whether you know Raw's the A show and all the other stuff, 
WWE Championship should still be their top title. That that's the one. That's the same one that Buddy Rogers held. That's the same one Hulk Hogan held. Same one that Bob Backlund held. And now Kofi Kingston holds that title. They don't care about their history and lineage know, unless it don't. plays into a storyline. You forget. I you know I I know. I'm still. We I'm care still about little, these things. We care about. We them. do. Hey, that's why I love New, J- New Japan. So, um, but yeah, it it's that should have been it, and you could tell. That was the biggest story coming out of Raw, uh, coming out of WrestleMania onto Raw and SmackDown. It even trumped Seth Rollins winning the Universal Title, which, by the way, I'm so glad because now Brock can go back to UFC and go face Daniel Cormier for the UFC Heavyweight Championship, get that fight over with, so that Cormier can retire and become a SmackDown announcer. Um, and then Brock Lesnar yes. could debut on the. Uh, uh, or Brock Lesnar can come back on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Oh, don't say that. It's Just happening, say, man. No, no, I'm, no, I'm calling my no. shot right now. If John Cena no. could be the Babe Ruth of WWE and call his shot, yeah. I am calling my yeah. shot right now. And by the way, that was, yeah, it took took me a moment to figure that out. So It took know, us they, all a moment. Well, it was like, Eliot, and then all of a sudden they're showing this highlight of, uh, this highlight reel of Babe Ruth. I'm going, what in the world? So we go from we go from Elias, you know, trying to do music to old clips of Babe Ruth calling his shot, and and then we get the Doctor of Thugonomics come. So I guess the the tie-in is that John Cena is the Babe Ruth of WWE. That's exactly what it is, and and, and Vince has been saying that for years. But yeah, that, that was the okay. whole thing. But we didn't get that at first because I was sitting there going, what is going on? They're showing this highlight package. I mean, and the package felt like it went on forever. And yeah, it did. It absolutely did. And look, I like baseball. I, you know, I, I appreciate the history. I appreciate the babe. But to have that tie in to then John Cena coming out as Dr. Thugonomics, that that felt even weirder. I mean. It would have been one thing if John Cena came out as John Cena, hustle, loyalty, and respect. But he comes out in the throwback. I guess maybe that was why he did Dr. Thugamonomics, so he could wear the throwback Yankees Babe Ruth jersey. It was so he could wear the Yankees jersey and so he could wear a hat on backwards and hide his hair. Okay, sure. He wore he wears a hat as regular John Cena. It's yeah, not backwards, but he wears a hat. It's easier to cover up that haircut with the hat yeah, on backwards. I guess. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, Kofi Kingston anyway. celebration dominated Raw and SmackDown, and you know, for all the history in the making, when it came to the women's match going on last, it sure felt all the fanfare was around the emotional victory of Kofi Kingston winning, and that was the emotional climax of that show. It wasn't at the end. When Becky won, which was a big deal, but it was not anywhere as close to what it meant for when Kofi won that match. Like the way that the crowd got into that match, the celebration after the match, the genuine emotion after that match, even in the post show or, or post match interviews, uh, the I mean, crowd was just it would meant so much to the fans as well. And then just to see it uh, carry over to Raw and SmackDown, I mean, that was the big deal, and it. We had history in the making with the women's match, and it felt like, sure, Becky Lynch is out here, and it's cool, and we're going to celebrate her winning both championships, but there was nowhere near the amount of hoopla for that as there was for Kofi Kingston. You're absolutely right, and that's the way it should have been, quite frankly, because that's, I think, you know, I mean, like you said, Kofi Kingston winning was more historical. It was mo- more significant. I think part of it was we all expected Becky Lynch to win. It was set up that way. 
and I think you and I, in fact, you and I had talked about this. The the story arc of Charlotte Becky and Ronda, I think, peaked too early. It peaked a couple of weeks ago. The story arc with Kofi and Daniel, he, it, the timing was, this was one of the few things that WWE did perfectly. The arc hit the right exact moment. You know, he finally gets in after the gauntlet, the tag team gauntlet. I didn't like the, the tag team saw, gauntlet. I thought he should have been in the previous week, but. I agree, but it, it's, it still worked. Right. It still, it still worked. worked. And so, and so, like I said, the timing of all that worked perfectly. I think, like I said, the women's main event, I think the arc, the peak of it hit a week or two before. And I think that's what threw it off a little bit. Plus, like I said, the bot, the botch ending with Becky trying to pin Rhonda and Rhonda had the shoulder up, but they counted three anyway. And we hear that it was indeed a botch that Becky was supposed to pin Rhonda. So I think that kind of, that kind of hurt it. You know, whereas Kofi, it's, it went exactly the way it should have. Trouble yeah. in paradise, one, two, three, no, no doubt about it. Clean pin. Boom. And the referee for the women's match apparently got fined because he counted that pin, yes. which with her shoulder up. So uh, there's as well. And by the way, we've, we'll talk about some other people when it comes to personnel and WWE coming up here in a little while. But um, yeah, I mean, the Kofi celebrations and the, the way that people are so emotional about it, not even that night, but to see what they did even on Raw and SmackDown and just the general gratitude and the way people are behind them was incredible. And and by the way, that celebration on both Raw and SmackDown gave us one of the most special things we've ever seen on either of those shows in all of the years. Big E doing the splits is absolutely incredible. <laughs> that was, that was that ridiculous. Was oh my oh, God. Was, I mean, if I didn't love Big E enough already now i mean come on that's that's just fantastic I, he started to do it and i was just like this guy is gonna pull a quad or something's gonna happen and then he got all the way down it was just like oh my even kofi like had this reaction like good lord i i thought what i did was impressive finally winning the wwe championship but it pales in comparison to this guy look biggie is biggie you know i i i hate using the term because it's a millennial term but I think Big E needs to be my spirit animal, quite frankly. It's just, <laughs> I want I want to be Big E now. That Who is, doesn't I mean, after that? that? My God. I love, in fact, on Raw, when they're, you know, when Kofi and, and uh, uh, Seth Rollins are confronting and they decided to make the match official and they start, you know, playing Seth's music, you could see Xavier and Big E just rocking out to Seth's music. And it was, I mean, that was as good as anything. I mean, it's that's what makes this so much, so much fun and so wonderful to see those three just having a blast with this whole thing and um it, it's fantastic the videos and, and this and this gratitude goes beyond wwe there was a video of of shad from from crime time and mvp oh and crying. I ran it, it's crying yeah and i ran an mvp uh, uh it was friday night at at uh, major league wrestling and to see them their emotions that when that happened that that really it really told you what this meant, not just for Kofi, not just for WWE, but for wrestling in general. And um, you what? can't you can't help but you can't help but feel good about it. Well, I think it, it, what it does is it just reinforces two things. Number one, what it meant 
to have Kofi Kingston in particular win it, considering how long he's been there and just what an overall good dude he is. Like so many people see how talented he is, but just see what he has meant to them in their lives because he is such a good guy and he's helped so many different people backstage. He's been such a good friend, a good mentor, uh, a good coworker, a good teammate, all those things, but also what it meant to the African-American community. And I think that's something that cannot be discounted as well, because there are a lot of people that will sit there and go, when's the last time that we have had a black champion? And to see the emotion that has gone in the storyline and to see it pay off, I think there were still plenty of people that thought they're not going to put the title on them. As much as they are doing this, they are still going to pull the rug out from under us. And until they saw the referee's three count go down and hold Kofi Kingston's hand up, that they did not believe he was going to win that match. Yeah, I agree. and and and. and- I tell you what, the moment that really hit me was when Big E and Xavier go out of the ring. They take that hemp belt away and, and toss away, and they lift up the cloth. And there's that beautiful, the the real WWE Championship belt with Kofi's plates already on it. Give it to him, and and it just that was to see them hand him that that title, and. That I think that cemented it, and I think that was probably the point where it was like, okay, this is really happening. Kofi Kingston has now added his name to the very list that, you know, as I mentioned, Rogers and Backlund and Austin and Rock and all them. It's that was that was really cool, and that that was and and to see him bringing his family in out, his sons. By the way, his, his older son apparently is a superstar in the making. He can he can jump on that second rope like nobody's business. So it was all in all, what a what a wonderful moment for WrestleMania, and it was uh it was worth it was worth everything. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was a little surprised. Well, I guess I probably shouldn't have been surprised, but what that they were going to do the title versus title match on, on Monday night. I guess the bigger surprise was we all knew that there was not going to be a clean finish in this. I mean, there's if you watch wrestling before, you knew there was not going to be a clean finish. Okay. But I thought they would have come up with something a little bit different when it came to the finish. Like, was there a debut where somebody did a run in or um, was Braun Strowman going to be out there? Was Lars Sullivan going to be out there? And instead... It was paid off with it turning into a tag team match with the bar, which it's not that it gets the bar, but it's just like, wow. I mean, if you're going to pull the, if you're going to make a switcheroo here, that's what you're going with. It's like, that's not very climactic. And then they ended SmackDown as well with a six man tag team with the bar losing in that one as well. Yeah, that was, that was a weird choice. I mean, 
on Raw, it felt really flat. It was like, okay, the bar, they're still, what, they still upset about Kofi? Or, the crowd was or pissed. What? They were pissed of off about that. Of course. And then, yeah, then they turn right around and do the same thing on SmackDown. Except it was a it was a it was a six man tag. It was announced, was but like, yeah, it was weird. I was just I was like, okay, why? I I I didn't get it. I mean, well, you I mean, couldn't at least set up a, a next challenger for Kofi or. Well, the, well know, we got we got to see where everybody you know ends up because of the superstar shakeup. But that's that was the other thing. Like they they did a few things on TV this week, but they're in the holding pattern until next week because of this, this shakeup and see where everybody goes. Because I mean, they, they did a couple of things, you know, they switched the SmackDown tag team titles with the Hardys actually beating the Usos. Yeah. They, you know, Lacey Evans started her program with Becky Lynch, Lars Sullivan debuted, Braun Strowman showed up on SmackDown. It looks like him and Samoa Joe are going to start a program, but um, yeah, everything else was, you know, it was tag team or six man tag team matches. Yeah. Uh, first of all, congratulations to the Hardys. They have they completed the expedition of gold that they started in, in Impact Wrestling. So now they have held every tag team title there is to hold. Time for them they to leave so they can chase themselves. the AEW titles. Well, there you go. But yeah, they have cemented themselves as the greatest tag team in all of space and time. So shout out to Jeff. <laughs> I love it. Um, Braun and Braun and Samoa Joe, I I'm looking forward to that. Cause that's going to be a lot of fun. Cause that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a big old school Hoss fan. You know, I want to see two big guys just knock the snot out of each other. And that's going to be exactly what that is. Two hosses trying to just knock the snot out of each other. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Lacey Evans. It was, uh, first of all, thankfully she's finally doing something besides walking up and down the ramp like she's a, a runway model uh you know she punched becky and so we apparently yeah like you said we're gonna have this program with becky lynch and lacey evans that's cool we'll see what happens you know i've heard i've heard the the rumblings about how lacey evans is still way too green she doesn't need to be in a match yet all that let's see i, I i'll i'll take a wait and see approach that. we know that she can fight while wearing high heels yes Yes, apparently she can and and do quite well. Yeah. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, why are they putting Becky in that? And, you know, why doesn't that go to Asuka? I'm I'm kind of like, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I was surprised, like a lot of other people, that Lacey came up from NXT when she did, because I didn't feel like she was wrestling. She was wrestling a decent amount there. But what I saw just felt like she needed more seasoning and you know, they saw a certain look and decided to bring her up. And, you know, we haven't seen her wrestle, obviously, in the main roster yet. We'll see. I don't know what she's been doing the last three months. You know, I, you know, has she been improving and how is she acclimating to this roster? So we'll find out soon enough. You know, they're going to put her in there with Becky. And, um, you know, that, that, that's a big deal for both Becky and for Lacey. Because for Becky, now it's like, okay, prove that you're on top. Yeah, you've been very popular. But now, now you got to bring it. Now you got to carry it. And for Lacey, it's like, all right, you're on the main roster now and you're getting an opportunity. And by the way, we are throwing you into the deep end of the pool. So we'll yeah. see where, where they go with that, you know, and, and, and how she does. But we finally saw Lars Sullivan. We've been waiting for him. So he debuted on yes. Monday night with Angle and then he beat up the Hardys after they won the titles on on SmackDown. So, hey, Which we got Lars there. That felt a little random, quite honestly. Oh, yeah. You know, I, if if you're gonna have him beat up somebody, 
make it a singles wrestler, not a tag team. I, I, maybe that's just me. They just wanted to show know. how big and tough and rough, and he can handle multiple people, and okay. you know that kind of a and thing. I, and and I say this, I a I hope that whatever whatever mental health issues he had, I hope he has gotten a grasp on those. He has learned how to deal with those. Uh, having worked in that industry for some time, I know how how you know it's it's you know what they just like what they say about addiction it's one day at a time it's the same thing with mental health it's one day at a time so i hope that he has gotten a grasp on those and that we can see a a full uh a full-on great program with lars i'm, I'm hoping for the best for him yeah and um, and i be- just i just hope i just wanted to see him maybe tie up with a with a singles wrestler rather than ruin the moment with the hardies but that's just me well just the whole thing was just they just wanted him going out there and beating up fan favorites right now to establish he's a heel and he's a big tough guy and he'll you know beat up whoever he wants we have no idea right. who he's going to be programmed with yet so we'll we'll see exactly where they go there i i'll be honest with you man i i would not be surprised if we saw him put with finn bauer or somebody like that you know somebody smaller it, that you know they they seem to do that quite a bit so yeah you're right i think it that's a that's a viable possibility so dean ambrose made his final appearance on raw he gets beaten up by bobby lashley and afterwards he did a segment with roman and seth seth got very emotional and brought out dean and dean gave uh, some fond farewells to all the fans uh, he even threw a jab in there about how long Raw is, which got Roman laughing, which I thought was yes. pretty funny. Um, for anybody that doesn't believe that Dean Ambrose is leaving, I I can't help but think like this has to, uh, you know, tell you that he's gone. He he's leaving WWE. He really is. His contract's about to expire, and he's gone. That's it. Seems that way to me, and I'm you know I think it's now. You know, I was I was of the okay. You know, I'll believe it when I if I see Dean Ambrose under somebody else's banner, whether it's AEW or or whoever. But now it's kind of like, okay, I'll believe Dean Ambrose isn't leaving when I see him back on Raw or SmackDown in the next few weeks, because it did certainly it did certainly sound like, and they played it up like, yes, Dean Ambrose is no longer with WWE. Now I I don't know if maybe. I would assume he has a 90-day no-compete. No, 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 so, he does not. I mean, his contract oh, is expiring. Remember, he is not just, he was not let go. His contract he is expiring. So, right. so he could he could show up, you know, he could show up at, uh, was it Ring of Honor has a TV taping, what, in a couple weeks? He could show up there for all we know. Right, or he could show up on Being the Elite, like, the next day. <laughs> he could. You he know, could. You're a, absolutely right. There's a lot of different things. I mean, I... I think for the most part, we expect him to go AEW, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be a good signing. I mean, well, here's the thing. I, I say it'd be a good signing, but I still don't know what we have in Dean Ambrose because what we've seen in WWE has been all over the place. So what do we do if somebody is a little bit more focused and, you know, has some better creative when it comes to Dean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think, and I think that's the question with everybody, no matter where he shows up. Would you know what do you do? How do you present him? Right. Uh, do you do you carry on with the lunatic fringe and you're you know just make it your version of it, or do you make it a different character? Make him some sort of focused. You know he's out to prove himself. He's out to prove prove that you know he's more than just a crazy person. That he is uh, a a bad man or whatever. 
I'll tell you I what, guess, man. You know, again, wait and see. I'll tell you what. As much as we can sit here and we can talk about AEW and what he could do there, if Ring of Honor got Dean Ambrose, that would be a huge signing, even if it was only for a year, because there's a lot of negative buzz, I think, for Ring of Honor right now. And I didn't think they had a bad weekend, but, you know, they didn't shine as much as New Japan. And people are now kind of wondering, like, you know, Ring of Honor's in the state of flux. Like, what are they doing next kind of a thing? You know, with, with some of the talent that they brought in, we got to see how it plays out. But if they brought in a Dean Ambrose and say Dean Ambrose out of nowhere attacked heel champion Matt Taven or even won the title immediately, I think that would be the perfect shot in the arm that they could use. Now, I don't know if they are in the ballpark of going uh, or getting him. I, I don't know what Dean has in mind. I don't know if it's like he's AEW and that's through and through. Could it be a situation where he could sign someplace, work for six months or a year, and then go to AEW? I don't know. But he well, would need yeah, a hell of a lot more for Ring of Honor than he would for AEW. I agree. And I, you know, and that's been the thing about this whole this whole story about Dean Ambrose leaving WWE is that we have not heard word one about what he's going to do post WWE. So we have no idea if he's going to show up for Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, New Japan, whatever. Um, as far as the weekend went with, with G1 Supercard, and you, are, you and I were both there, um, I, I was telling people, if you take the Ring of Honor matches and put them on their own pay-per-view, it was fine. It was a, it was a fine Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Right, but it wasn't special. I think, I think, I think part of the problem was you're doing them in, interspersed with the New Japan matches, and it was very obvious, the difference. And I think that's what I think that's what hurt Ring of Honor a little bit is the simple fact you had, you know, you had the, the like, for instance, that that fatal four way tag match. And then you went right into Tanahashi and Sabre. It was, you know, it, there was a there was a you could see the difference. And um, I don't think Ring of Honor had a bad weekend. Now, I think what everybody's talking about is what happened at the end of the fatal four-way tag match, uh, with, with Enzo and big Cass, And I'm still holding out hope. I have read everything I've saw. I've watched the, I've watched every video I can find. And I know this is going to sound incredibly naive and incredibly, um, like I don't want to admit it. I, I am still holding out the slimmest of hopes that this was nothing more than Enzo Amore and Big Cass pulling the same thing that Enzo did at Survivor Series. Stu. I don't think that's what's going to be. I'm pretty sure it's not. Stu. But I know. I, I can know. tell you're you not, I can tell you for a fact they they, they they were brought they were brought in for that angle. I know. I know. I read the stories. And I and I want to find and I I would love to find out why. Because I can tell you why right now. Because they thought that Enzo would get them attention. It was done to get attention. I, well, and I'm, you know, and maybe I'm the wrong person to, to look at it because. I'm not the I, biggest yeah, fan of it either, dude. But I think it got them attention that they probably didn't want. I think it looked bad. I think it looked frankly. bad. And then quite honestly, it was <laughs> regardless. I think it did not. It was not what I would have done. And I'm curious what the reaction would have been. But in of all the bad timing scenarios you could have had that run in, which is supposed to be like a, a shoot run in attack or whatever. It happened like 
an hour or so after a fan attacked Bret Hart at the Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah. I'm like, who could have predicted that? I mean, look, I don't know if maybe, you know, uh, Delirious them wasn't pay- weren't paying attention to what was happening in Brooklyn. Well, it didn't matter maybe because they-, they had this planned. Well, but, you know, they could have, if, if they had, if they were paying attention to what was happening and they saw that they could have easily said, we need to, we need to scrap this or we need to change it or do something, you know, they never showed it on TV. They never acknowledged it on their broadcast. Nothing. It was, it was something that was supposed to go viral. And it's, and it definitely did. Well, Um, not to the extent of Bret Hart because that went crazy and rightfully so. Right. Well, because that was a that was a legit that was a legit just crazy fan that, you know, was off and just decided that he needed to accost Bret Hart and it's going to cost him some prison time all in all likelihood. Right. You know, so I, you know, I just like I said, it was a very unring of honor thing to do to bring in those two guys, in, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with that. It was a very un ring of honor thing to do. That's that was very strange I about mean, that. And yeah, and you know, to that to that point, we're talking about you know this was you could and you could tell because you saw the gorillas just walk away. You saw Evil and Snada just walk away. It was mainly the the Briscoes, Bully Ray, and I think PCO threw in some punches as well. Uh, but that was it. You know, it was because if this was a true just. Enzo and Cass just trying to capture a moment. Yeah, I think it, we would have seen the same thing. We would have seen the locker room empty out and and just, you know, pummel those guys. So the other things that we saw this week or didn't see was, well, we saw the return of Sami Zayn, who came back at the match with Finn Balor, and then he crapped all over the fans saying, I didn't miss any of you, and which is one way to turn heel, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that we saw, well, we didn't see was there was no Roman Reigns on show, no Daniel Bryan, and no Ronda Rousey. And now, by by the way, Ronda apparently has a broken hand that she suffered uh, at WrestleMania. And I don't, there was talk that she was going to be on the show originally, and then she was not on the show uh, when it comes to Raw. And I don't know when we're going to see her back. If she wasn't on that show, then she's not you know, saying goodbye or anything like that. And my guess would be, you know, if she goes to start a family or whatever the deal is going to be, it's, it's going to be depending on that, but I would not expect to see her back until at least SummerSlam and maybe even WrestleMania next year or well, longer. Well, you know, Ronda Rousey for all of her good points has, has had a history when she was in UFC of disappearing after losses. You know, she did it with we. She did it with Cyborg. She did it with Holly Holm. Uh, you know, I, think, I don't think it's her Holly fault Holm though. Was, if she disappeared. I think it was WWE just decided not to use her. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It might. It might have been a situation where they had her booked, and then when she broke her hand, they said, "There's no point in bringing you over." Yeah, and that may be it. Um, I want to see what she says after you know if she does start a family. You know, because boy, that can change a lot of things. And you talking about you know may see her. May see her at SummerSlam, may see her next WrestleMania, or she may decide she likes being a mom, and we did see the last of her. Or maybe she makes an appearance but doesn't wrestle. I mean, I, could be I, well. I, I still think we will see her back in the ring. It's going to be a while before we see that, but who knows what the future is going to entail. I think she really likes what she does, but it's obviously going to be on a limited schedule, and I can't blame her yes. for that. 
Right. No, I, that's true. I, I mean, she still appeared more than Brock Lesnar. And, and quite frankly, yes, I am in the uh, I'm in the group that says if we don't see Brock Lesnar back in WWE, that's a good thing. He's going to be on SmackDown on Fox. They're going to start that show with the same music they use for the NFL and Major League Baseball. Which that's the that's the dumbest thing. And I, I hate when they use that music. That's the that's the Fox NFL music. It's the I baseball mean, they, music they too, but ba- I know they have a ba- but they have a specific theme for baseball. Is that show going to be just called? Don't use it anymore. That show's going to be called SmackDown on Fox, isn't it? It probably will be. Yeah, yeah. SmackDown on Fox, and Smackdown they'll come out to that Fox. music, and then like out of nowhere, Brock Lesnar is going to show up, and he's going to lay out the champion to to uh, we'll get, end the uh, show. We'll get we'll get either Chris Myers or um, oh god, or, don't uh, don't take Chris Myers. Uh, or uh, who's the Joe Buck? Uh, We're gonna get Joe Buck, man. We'll get Joe Buck. That's right. Joe Buck will intro SmackDown. Oh yes, that's it. That's it. Get ready. I love it. Sports entertainment it fans. I can't wait for the NFL cut-ins. Like they're coming back from commercial. Tune in this <laughs> this Friday night for SmackDown on Fox when the Beast Brock well, Lesnar challenges the you know Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men. Who will win when these two monsters collide? Watch this Friday night at eight PM. It's SmackDown uh-huh. on Fox. Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. We know we know that. You know, or they'll or they'll do they'll start doing the cut ins for NASCAR, um, you know, Major League Baseball because they got the World Series. We're yeah. going to hear it all through the World Series. You know that. Oh, absolutely. Was well, during the World Series and during the NFL, we definitely will. Yeah. So, which by the way, I wonder if, if uh, SmackDown will be preempted because you know, world, you know, Fox has the World Series. Uh, they, they're <laughs> not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to push world series to fs1 are they no but what they'll they'll push for is to set up the schedule where that would be the travel day yeah that could the friday be. night and they can do that yeah i yeah. mean that's that's always viable yeah they'll control that schedule and they'll make sure they get that friday off that would yes. be that would be my guess Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So next week, we're getting the superstar shakeup on both Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect a lot of changes. I, I think in past years, I've kind of wondered if there'd be a lot or there'd just be a couple. I think we're going to get a lot of changes. However, I do not think this is going to be something where this is the precursor to SmackDown moving to Fox where we're setting up that roster because I think whatever they want to do for that, I do not think is going to be done until after SummerSlam. And I think right now the focal point is still going to be on Raw. Um, I think, you know, we've seen, 
we have seen in what you what in the past has been the beginning of the end of the brand split. Okay, we're we're seeing you know Raw wrestlers on SmackDown, SmackDown wrestlers on Raw, NXT on both, whatever. Uh, indeed, you have Becky Lynch, a SmackDown wrestler, holding the SmackDown title and the Raw title. So, I think this could be the precursor to a brand to the brand split ending. I I would be incredibly surprised if by the time SmackDown debuts on Fox, we are even talking about this person is on the Raw roster or SmackDown roster. Because quite frankly, Fox wants all the top people on their show just like you know, just like they should, because they paid a whole lot of money to get SmackDown. So they're gonna they're gonna want the big people, whether it's Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or you know, Becky or Charlotte, whoever. Uh, they're going to want those big names, and they're not going to care whether it's a you know whether there's a brand split or not. Well, I would say to that, I don't think they're going to get rid of the brand split, but I could. I think there's a better chance of uh, there being one men's champion, one women's champion when it comes to the main titles, and those people are on, on both brands. But I just I don't think they're getting rid of uh, the separate brands. Well, and that and that was my my suggestion when they started the brand split is that have the WWE champion float between brands, have the women's champion float between brands, keep you know Intercontinental title on Raw, keep the U.S. title on SmackDown. I would even go so far as unify the tag titles. Um, although you you could conceivably still keep them split, and that would be fine because you got. I think you got enough tag teams and you need to start using some of those tag teams, uh, you know, probably a little more, but you could see easily where that could definitely work now, especially now that you're going to have your, your programming split between two entities. Hey, there's my head. I'm watching. They're showing highlights of, you know, they're showing the masters highlights. Mm. They're showing tiger woods at the Dell technologies match play. In Austin, and I just saw the back of my head. So, uh, well, <laughs> I, I figured you were in Augusta because I hear the birds chirping and I hear the azaleas I, blooming behind you. So I just figured me, that's a you that's know a bucket list thing to do. I want I do want to cover the Masters. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But no, I'm sitting here in San Antonio. So, um, but yeah, I I think that's and I think that's the way they should go. I, there there needs to be one champion, a top WWE. Uh, there needs to be one women's champion, one men's champion. Uh, I, I do think if it was up to me, if I was Vince McMahon, no. if, if Stu That's Myrick a loaded was question. in charge of, yeah, I know. <laughs> if Stu Myrick was in charge of WWE, I would unify the tag time. So we already got some teases. Like we mentioned, uh, Braun Strowman against Samoa Joe. I think that'll be the next program. I think Braun's going to SmackDown. That's very possible. I agree. I, mean, I that's, that's, um, that's a big possibility. Right. Um, I think we could see Becky float. Right. Um, I bet you we'll see Charlotte go to raw. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that in the least bit. I think that um, when it comes to call-ups, I'm not trying to spoil anything and they did not actually announce this, but I think Kyrie Sane is coming to the main roster. And I know that Paige teased that the Iconics will have to, uh, face a new tag team 
And I think that tag team is going to be Kyrie Sane and Asuka. That would be intriguing. If I had to guess right now, I think that would be yeah. the team. I know some people have said Io Shirai, which maybe, but I think it's going to be Kyrie and Asuka. Yeah, that's possible. And I don't know what other people might be coming up. I mean, I, I, I look at the NXT roster and there's plenty of people there, but I just, I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of cops. I, I could be dead wrong. And by the way, when it comes, like, when it comes to the shakeup, if, even if we don't count, well, okay, if we count call ups, if we count people changing brands, I think we're looking at like 30 people changing. I really yeah, do. I, I think I, a, I a lot. I do too. I wonder how many we'll get from NXT because you had the you had that first bunch that had Lacey Evans and EC3 and Lars and the and Heavy Machinery and who was the who's the other one? Who am I who else am I thinking? So you had that group and then you had Alistair and Ricochet and Gargano for a brief time, although it looks like Gargano's gonna stay with NXT for a while. So I wonder if we won't see as many go from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. The name the name I'm gonna be watching closely is Adam Cole. I think that Adam Cole is hit that point where I think he's he's ready to be on Raw or SmackDown. Well, the thing that I want to see when it comes to Adam Cole is I do not want to sp- see undisputed air break up. And I don't and I think that whenever they want to put them on the main roster which I do not think it's time yet. I would like to see them all as a group. I think they work better as a group because there's always going to be the size issue when it comes to the main roster with the way things are done right now. That's not changing anytime soon. And, you know, the thing that they teased after Adam Cole lost that match, you know, at TakeOver was that he's blaming Roderick Strong. And that's leading to a possible breakup with at least Roddy maybe leaving Undisputed Era. I'm not going to say too much about the TV tapings in this past week, so I'll leave it at that. Right. Um, right. And quite honestly, I barely even like saw some of the notes because they, they did tape NXT television on uh, Wednesday night. But, I mean, I want to see Undisputed Aristide together. If When that time comes that they're together and they go to the main roster as, a, as the whole four of them, I think that would be fantastic. But um, I don't know if WWE is looking at doing that, you know, whenever that time comes. And I don't even know if it's if they should do that right now. It feels like there's... I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's more for them to do there. I mean, if they want to put them up in the main roster, fine. But I would hope that number one, push them, haha, and uh, two, keep them together. I, you know, I agree. Now, if if they do, you know, if they do decide to take someone out of Undisputed Era, it, it seems a little obvious about Roddy because he was the last person to join. It was originally Fish, O'Reilly, and Cole. So. Breaking off Roderick Strong, if they have to, I guess that's the guy to do it, and then bring up Fish, O'Reilly, and Cole. I would, I'm like you. I would like to see all four of them stick together. I want to see Fish and O'Reilly back as a tag team. I want to see Red Dragon win win a tag title somewhere in WWE. Can you imagine them against the Revival? Oh my God, that's. That I think that might be that might be Nirvana. I think that might be tag team Nirvana. Or th- what we're th- talking, we're talking Midnight's and Rock and Roll. Well, you or, or you could even do Aleister Black and Ricochet against them. Yeah, no, I, I think I'd rather if if I want if I have my brothers, it's got to be the Revival. Right. And by the way, I think the Revival is moving to SmackDown. 
I think so too. That makes that makes sense. The I Usos hope. moving to Raw makes a ton of sense after they just dropped the SmackDown titles. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can see that as well. I mentioned Strowman moving. I think Daniel Bryan's going to Raw. Really? Yes, I think Daniel Bryan's going to be moved to Raw. Let, now, here's here's the other thing. So this superstar shakeup. How much will it apply to? management are we gonna still see the mcmahon's quote-unquote in charge yes still because i don't know i'm i don't know i I don't know how i feel about that it's it's been kind of eh. well it's always going to be like that i mean we we know know it's always going to be heavy-handed when it comes to that but um I think that we're going to see rusev and nakamura break up one of them's going to get a raw one will stay on smackdown yeah, uh-huh. that, that needed to happen yesterday. Right. I think the bar will stay together. I don't think they're going to split them up. I mean, maybe they will because and that's why they both, why they lost uh, both on Raw and SmackDown. But I think that, that would be very unnecessary. Um, yeah, I agree. I could, see, now, I could see Drew McIntyre switching brands. I could see that. You, you mentioned Nakamura. Yeah. When does his contract end? Because, you know, there's been the whispers. I I thought it ended later this month. You know, because there's been, yeah, there's been whispers that maybe he wants to go back to New Japan. Oh, no, Which, no, 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 way, he's not going back to New Japan. I mean, he, could his, you imagine his whole family. Oh, I know, I know. But at this stage with his body and everything, and I think him and his family like living in the United States too much. I mean, his kids are starting to get acclimated. Right. So, yeah, you may be I right, mean, but. you never say never. But right. I, I think he's staying in the U.S. No matter no, no matter what his future is, whether it's with WWE or someplace else, I think he's staying in the U.S. Yeah. Although, I mean, but like I said, could, could you imagine mm. Okada, his first title defense, he wins, and here comes Nakabara. God. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Old Nakamura? Yeah. Can he turn back the clock a little bit? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Don't do this to me, Stu. Don't get my hopes hey, up. Look, Don't get I'm, me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to book when they start, when they open up G1 in Dallas. All right. I'm trying to help them. Trying to help them make that show as big as possible. Right. Because I, I want that show to be big. Well, I think uh, I think Drew McIntyre moving to SmackDown makes a lot of sense from oh, a yeah, standpoint be- of Kofi Kingston. You know, everybody's so happy and cheery and la la la, and then here comes Big Bad Drew to uh, spoil the day. Well, and there was, you know, he could, and they could always call back to when he was, when Vince tagged him as the, the future of SmackDown. The or chosen they, one. The chosen one. Thank you. You know, they can always, you know, they can make sure so he has come back to SmackDown to reclaim that title, to reclaim the moniker of the chosen one, you know, if, except now he's the psychopath chosen one. What if, if he goes to SmackDown and say, say that that scenario happens and he goes after uh, Kofi's title. Who would be the first person to challenge for the Universal Championship with Seth? Because um, I don't think it's going to be Roman. And I think Roman is going to be uh, having matches with, and I'm not making this up, people, and please do not get mad at me, but I think it's going to be Roman and Baron Corbin for a little while. You know, actually, I, I don't mind that. That it looks like that's happening. That. I'm, so, I'm okay with that. Who um, would it be like AJ? Challenges AJ Styles. 
Kevin uh, Owens? Kevin Owens, they just turned face. Yes, they will do baby face and heel turns as quick as, you know, uh, a, an F- F1 car going around the Coda track. But have they done Seth um, and AJ since they've been in WWE? They have not. Not to mention that would be a, you know, have AJ go after the other top title. Well, you got Nakamura do it as well. Nakamura and Seth? I don't know. I don't know if they, I don't know if they'll do that with Nakamura. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know if they feel and like that, it's that, big enough. I, he, I don't feel, yeah, I, I would, I would be great with, I'd be happy with that, but I mean, I, I'm I feel not dirty. Sure that would resonate. Yeah. I feel dirty even saying that because of how much we like Nakamura, but it's just yeah. where he's at right now in the company. I'm trying to think who would be the next. I mean, cause they got, they got money in the bank coming up in May. Yeah. I would suspect that's going to be your next title. Your, you know, the next big title match. Um, I think they're splitting up Bailey and Sasha Banks too. Yeah, it feels it feels that way too. By the way, do we? I haven't heard anything about why Sasha wasn't on Raw. I don't know. She and she had to cancel an appearance on Wendy Williams, right? For per- and Wendy Williams, people are, are upset. And well, all that good stuff. I don't know what happened there. I mean, the the talk is that she had to do it for personal reasons. So I I have no idea what that could be. Well, I mean, hopefully it's hopefully it's nothing too serious, right? You know, so, um, but you're right; it does feel like maybe they're gonna, you know, I I was it, well, surprised that they took those titles off of them this quickly. Yeah, because they just won them, and now they they gave them to the iconic, which is fine. I just thought they would wait a couple months, maybe do it at whatever the June pay per view is. Maybe that seemed right, but whatever. Um, Any other big surprises, though, that you would like to see big switches when it comes to this superstar shakeup? Um, Trying to think there's the problem is there's so there's so many wrestlers that we don't see regularly on TV, you know, whether it's, you know, um, from Gallows and Anderson to uh, Mojo. What what are they going to do with Mojo? Did you the, the broken mirror and the the blue stuff around his eye made him. Did you see the movie Kingston uh, Kingsman golden circle? Yes. It looked like, it looked like he had some <laughs> of the tainted, tainted <laughs> recreational drugs and that's what it was doing. Uh. You know, um, you know, so what are they going to do with Mojo? Um, I, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't, I don't have a sense of, who could? Who else could jump? Uh, Give me a lot of bit characters. I think moving. There. Moving I think all over. Going, I think we're going to get, we're going to see more big characters than usual. I think we're going to see. I don't think we'll see as many coming from NXT. Although I think there are those that are ready, but I think we will see. Like you said, like you mentioned, I think Kari Sane might be heading. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Adam Cole outside of that, I don't know who else, uh, they haven't done anything with EC3. They haven't done anything. They've done barely oh. anything with heavy machinery. You don't know about, well, EC3, he's got a new manager. It looks like, oh, that's right. I heard something about this. Who Drake Maverick, his old buddy from, oh, uh, Impact right. wrestling, Spud, rockstar Spud and EC3 together again. Yep. 
That make that makes my heart happy, dude. That I, screams. I'm, I'm that. that screams both of them going to management and saying, "Please let us work together." Yeah, and it makes sense too. It makes total sense. So and I'm, I'm happy because I like both those guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here's a couple of other things from WWE. Uh, we have some changes. It looks like to the writing team. So, Brian James, Road Dog, apparently has stepped down as the co-head writer of SmackDown. Ryan Ward is the other head guy on that brand. We don't know exactly why he stepped down, um, but he did resign, it looked like. Um, PW Insider had a report saying that it was due to increased frustration with changes made to the SmackDown scripting by Vince McMahon, with James finally hitting a breaking point at this Tuesday's SmackDown taping in Brooklyn. We don't know if he's still going to be staying with the company, what role he would have with the company or anything like that. But um, looks like there's going to be some changes at the uh, top of uh, uh, SmackDown when it comes to creative. That's, you know, it doesn't surprise me uh, much. I am surprised, you know, because from everything I've heard, Brian James is a, you know, he is a professional. He's, he puts his heart and soul into it. Um, it does surprise me that, you know, the frustrations, everything, because again, and we saw, we saw it in the build to WrestleMania, how many last minute changes there were, how many, you know, they, you know, they were pulling, they were pulling old WCW Nitro stuff, changes stuff, you know, 10 minutes before they go on the air. So, well, it sounds like for WrestleMania that they, they changed the Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins match to the position it was in like just a few hours before WrestleMania. Right. Yeah, which but but by the way, I though, think it made sense. I think it gave us a beautiful moment because we got to see Paul Heyman come out to Hulk Hogan's music. <laughs> yeah, yes, which was, was fantastic. fantastic. And by the way, the look on Hogan and Alexa Bliss's faces—I don't know if they knew it was coming or just were supposed I, to look that perplexed. But I'll tell you what, Paul Heyman coming out to Hulk Hogan's music—that was gold. That was absolute gold. And the word is they didn't because it was changed so so you know, so close to the start of the show that, yeah, Hogan didn't know. And so that's why he, he had that look on his face. Like what the hell is going on? <laughs> but you're right. Paul Heyman, that was God bless Paul Heyman. I, I you know, he, he there, there is so, very little he can ever do wrong. He is just, uh, he is a, he is a gift to wrestling fans everywhere. So we have another change to the creative team because it, the talk is that Robert Evans, also known as Artie Evans, is gone for the company. Well, he's definitely gone for the company. It's just how he's gone. So the, the belief was that during the Hall of Fame ceremony, Bret Hart was giving a speech, and uh, I believe Robert 
was assigned to Brett. But anyway, during Brett's speech, he mentioned Vince McMahon by name. Vince does not want his name mentioned at the Hall of Fame for whatever weird reason. And there have been several reports out there that uh, Vince got pissed that his name got mentioned and he fired Evans um, because he was part of that segment. Now, mind you, since then, Evans has gone to Twitter today and he put out a tweet that literally said he, he took a screenshot of like notes on his phone and it literally just says, I quit WWE. So I don't know if that's, you know, his, I, I don't know exactly what's going on here, whether he was truly fired or if he just got berated to the point where he said, I quit or what happened here. But it sounds like in the least Vince did something because he was upset about this. And that is absolutely nuts. That is freaking nuts. So you're going to flip your lid because you get mentioned on a broadcast. And by the way, Brett's going to go out there and do whatever the hell he wants. You think he's not going to mention Vince McMahon when he when he's giving a speech at the Hall of Fame? I mean, come on. But regardless, uh, one uh, one lost rider in WWE is uh, Evans is gone. Well, and you know, and as as you know, fate would have it, DX joked about it during their speech when they mentioned oh, yeah. Vince repeatedly. Right. So, did yeah, they have a writer right. uh, assigned to them? I mean, is anybody else getting fired from that? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Either that or God. Does Triple H get fired? You know, I mean, come I, on. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's it's stupid, and it's you know further again further proof. Further proof. Vince needs to once and for all hand this thing off to Hunter and go be go be a you know patriarch back in Connecticut and just kind of be there. But Brian James leaving SmackDown as like the co lead guy of that brand. That's a pretty big change. And I mean, I get it when it comes to frustration of everything. Um, and that it's easily to get frustrated about that. So, hey, if he was if he was that unhappy, good for him for leaving. We'll see if he uh, stays with the company in a different position or if he is gone. But I mean, it just goes to show like how much upheaval there is on these brands when it comes to TV right now and how many changes are happening and, and like last minute changes, how many drastic changes are happening. And it's it's just kind of chaotic right now. And and the thing is too, like when it comes to like being in charge of, of a writing staff, I mean, we all know who's in charge of the writing staff. I mean, it's kind of more of a position, like you're taking the lead from once it goes down from, you know, Vince McMahon, but we all know who's in charge of everything and it can be maddening. And he, he reached his tipping point. So I can't blame him. I'm, I'm curious to see who would take that spot. But for anybody that thinks like the direction of that brand is going to change a lot. Like I know we could sit and say, well, Vince's fingerprints are all over Raw, but how much does he have to do with SmackDown? Well, guess what? A lot. A lot. And we just saw that because Brian James just hit his tipping point and said, that's it. I'm out of here. You're right. And I uh, I, and I wonder how how the stories on SmackDown will change with Brian, with Brian gone. You know, how much that will change. You know, the, the, you know, there, will it be subtle or will it be not- very noticeable? with whoever's writing it now, whoever will be writing it going forward. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, we could sit there and we could talk about like him and Triple H tried to do what they could. And that brand definitely was different from Raw. But come the end of the day, we know who's in charge of it. We know who's running it. And um, the, we'll everything is still, it. you're right. It's at the end of the day, Vince is still the boss. Brian James is going to run NXT. I'm kidding. <laughs> i'm making well, a joke maybe, people i'm not reporting anything well 
that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, though. Well, I'm going up, up, up on her. Well, I will say this, though. It would be kind of strange if he, like, stepped down from the lead spot but was still on the creative team just in another supporting role. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess we just have to see what, what happens here. And But the whole story about Vince, whether he fired a writer or berated a writer because he got mentioned on the broadcast, that's complete lunacy. It is. Absolutely. It is. It is lunacy. So let's wrap up with this. There was um, more scuttlebutt about all elite wrestling when it comes to their TV. We we believe like we're getting closer to an announcement. We thought that for a little while. We've all been talking about uh, Turner Sports seemingly being in the pole position to land uh, their TV. And we don't know who else is in the running. We've heard a couple of things, including Showtime. But uh, Turner seemed like an obvious fit for a lot of different reasons. So there's a Twitter account called The Fight Oracle, which... I don't always want to give a lot of credibility to Twitter accounts, but at the same time, it's out there and a couple of people have talked about it. And I think more people are kind of checking it out. So take this for what it is. But at the same time, I believe this Twitter account is run by Front Row Brian, who is a guy that for years has covered MMA and has broken some pretty big stories when it comes to the UFC. So he's got some sources. So, but anyway, uh, the Fight Oracle Twitter account put out there that. Ollie Wrestling is, in fact, going to Turner Sports. That's TNT and TBS. That deal will be announced during the upfronts, which is May 15th. And if anybody doesn't know the upfronts, oh, when uh, TV networks all come out, they speak with advertisers, and they announce to the public, to the media, and their advertisers, this is our lineup for in the fall. They're telling everybody about all their new shows or even the shows that are coming back. So that will be announced May 15th. And the belief is that it will air on Tuesday nights, and the debut of All Elite Wrestling and Turner Sports will happen the same week SmackDown moves to Fox, which is the first week of October. All of those are things, Stu, that we've heard before, and it makes sense. It's just I think more and more people are starting to see, like, okay, it looks like that that is exactly what's going to happen. Well, and, it, it, you know, as we get closer to Double or Nothing, we're about, what, just over six weeks away from Double or Nothing. Yes. And we've we've heard that, you know, we will learn more either – at double or nothing or around that time. So the fact that this, this could happen on May 15th, you're talking what week and a half out. That makes sense. As you said, Turner, that seems just a natural fit, you know, with their history of wrestling, you know, with Crockett and, and WCW. Um, and it was mentioned that Turner was interested in getting back into the wrestling game. In fact, they, if I'm mistaken, they were, they had put in a bid for the rights for WWE uh, when they were up for their, you know, up in TV for their TV rights that eventually went to Fox. So this is a good alternative. And it's someone that they've, you know, at least they have a connection with, with Cody, you know, of course with his dad. So that makes, makes total sense. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens on May 15th because we'll, and we'll all see the reports from the different, different networks as far as their upfronts go. But, um, that makes sense. I mean, and then to debut the week that SmackDown moves to Friday night, there you go. You make a fit right in, buy some ad time on, you know, on USA network, say, Hey, uh, all the wrestling, you know, you're, you're still going to have wrestling on Tuesday night. Just tune on to TBS or TNT and here you go. So I could, 
that makes I think we had heard that before and makes makes total sense. It would be the smart move to do. And uh, then, you know, Tuesday nights has wrestling again. Well, I think the other reason why it makes a lot of sense, uh, like to go with Turner is simply because they also have a streaming platform when it comes to the Bleacher Report. They're trying to do more with the Bleacher Report app. They recently added the Dan Patrick show on there. We know that they made the deal with the one uh, championship fighting as well. So there's a lot of different things that seem to make sense. There's more properties that are out there that are interested in wrestling. I, you know, we've heard for a while that, you know, Turner Sports would be the place that they could go. If that is, in fact, the place they go, I'm going to be curious. We believe it's going to be a weekly two hour show. Jim Ross even did an interview this past weekend with WFAN, the radio station up in New York, where he said, hey, in the fall, uh, AEW is going to be, you know, a two hour show debuting. So we kind of let the cat out of the bag to some extent. And by the way, Jim Ross, of course, signing with uh, Ollie Wrestling, he's going to be their lead announcer and. And by the way, can I can I throw this out there? I know that Jim could not say anything because he was under contract with WWE. But for people going, oh my God, you know, I wow, what, what a signing! I mean, cool, it's great. Jim Ross is going over there. Did not did anybody not realize this was going to happen like three or four months ago? <laughs> Come on, people, are you really that surprised? Oh my God! Like, yeah, duh, duh. Come on, man. It's you know, I think part of it is just the the officialness of it. I guess you know. Um, but yeah, this has been rumored forever, you know, and, right. uh, well, I mean, and good for Jim Ross. Yeah, know, absolutely. Very, we've been talking about it like sooners that I can stand. So how long have we um, been talking about this, Stu? Three, four months? Oh, easily. I mean, easily. we haven't talked about it too much on the podcast, but we talked about it before and I, I figured it was pretty easy to connect the dots that he was going over there, but Hey, good for him. I'm just. Just the reaction some people like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, come on, come on. We mean, cool. He's going over there. But like, I think we all saw it coming. But, you know, when it comes to all lead, Turner makes a lot of sense from a standpoint for, from, uh, from the, from all lead standpoint of a, going to a major network. We'll see what Turner wants to do exactly with it. But also uh, when it comes to now with Bleacher Report, I, w- I want to know what other ancillary programming they could have on there. Like, will they replay the show there? Will they have other secondary shows there? Could being the elite go to Bleacher Report app? Uh, could they do uh, a once a month, once every two months, whatever special event there rather than doing pay-per-views to where now you have to get the Bleacher Report app for that? Would it, or would it be free? It's on the app and it would just get more people to have to get the app to watch that show. Uh, you know, uh, could they do special events that would air either on TBS or TNT? So um, there's a lot of different moving parts there, but I think Turner Sports has a lot going on. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what kind of money they also get in this TV deal as well, because with the money that they've been throwing out there, you would think it's got to be a pretty big deal. It's nowhere close to WWE money, but I think it might surprise people how much money they get. I I think so too. I think, yes, I think it could be a pretty big number. As far as this, you know, having specials on, you know, again, this goes back to the history, back to the days when the Clash of the Champions was initiated. That was a dusty creation. Um, so, you know, it the the formula is there. It's been done. All they got to do is just update it, put it on, and here you go. Like you said, and like you said, using Bleacher Report as the streaming service, use that app. I don't think. I think BTE could say could stick to YouTube. Now maybe Bleach Report may have some like maybe they buy into it a little bit to where they can promote 
Bleach Report some, but I I I get the feeling that Bleach Report's going to be more tied to just what happens in the ring once what's AEW gets going. Well, the other thing I, with being the elite that they, maybe they don't want to do anything with is some of the language and whatnot. So maybe right. they'd be like, yeah, hey, you guys keep this on your own thing. Exactly, and the the language, some of the you know some of the uh, the blurring of lines so to speak when it comes to kayfabe i think that you know i think that's something that's why i think nick and matt will keep that to themselves and let the main wrestling product uh, stay with turner and bleacher report and such and yeah i would love to see you know a clash of champions type special happen every few months on on tbs or tnt um i and the fact didn't cody file for copyrights for some of his dad's old yes. old uh, brands. I don't know if he got Clash of Champions because WWE uses that now, but uh, I know he's got some of the other some of the other brands that he filed for trademark. So uh, and and you wonder if there's ever a time when Cody talks to Vince about maybe getting a couple more. You know, maybe getting some couple of those brands that were that he inherited with the WCW deal. Vince ain't gonna give maybe, that up. They don't use them. Doesn't matter. They don't use them. They, it's you know, hey, I don't know. It just, I mean, I I get that. I mean, hell, he still can't use the he still can't use the Rhodes name. So, which I still think that's again that's a um, I'll I'll refrain from vulgarity, but that's a chicken ass move by well, Vince. Here's the big question I have. Okay, if. AEW ends up on Turner Sports. And if they sign Joey Ryan, how do they handle the booking of Joey Ryan's penis? <laughs> oh, Are you allowed man. to touch it? Is he allowed to use his penis as a secret weapon like he has? Um, how how do they book this on I, Turner you Sports? Know, I, think after, I think as long as he doesn't expose it. <laughs> Still, I mean, that's... Uh, you know, it's... Can you imagine doing that at the upfronts? Joey Ryan comes out there, touch it, touch it, touch it, and he makes somebody take a bump off of it. Oh my! Can you imagine advertisers already going? Oh my God! I don't know if I want to be in the wrestling business, and then that happens. I'm saying, I mean, even if I mean, you're not going to do it at the upfronts, but say, say the, say there's some advertisers or or Turner's like, hey man, why don't you spend some money and advertise on a wrestling show? And like one of the like, oh, let me watch the show here for a couple weeks, and Joey Ryan shows up there and doing his thing, and people like. (laughs) I don't know if I want to be a part of that. I don't know what the reaction would be. True. I, I don't know how that would how that would go over either, but um it'll be fun to watch. You know what you know the perfect sponsor for that would be like um what's that uh that like rugged clothing brand that talks about how they have oh, like Duluth Trading. Yeah, Duluth Trading. Can you imagine yes. Duluth Trading doing ads for that? Actually, I could. More, I like Duluth Trading. More, I like their stuff. More room down there to handle That's it. That's right. What like Joey right. Ryan needs, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be perfect. This, I think that I think that'd be the per- Joey Ryan presented by Duluth Trading. Company. I'm telling you, I'm just spitballing right here. Feel free that's to steal right. that idea, AEW and Duluth. I mean, come on, that's yeah, well, you know, we'll we're thinkers that. here. That's all we do. We think out loud. We give you free content right here. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining me this week, Stu. I always appreciate the conversation, and everybody can check out your podcast, your show, Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. You are on Tuesday nights in Austin, Texas, on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. So screw that Wednesday, up. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central on 
104.9 FM and AM 1260, The Horn here in Austin. You can stream it live via hornfm.com, our website, or the Horn Austin app for smartphones. And then, of course, we podcast every episode, and you can find that on all your favorite podcasts. This week, of course, we recap all the, all the craziness from WrestleMania, G1 Supercard, bring in a couple buddies from the Horn, including our, our, the host of our MMA show, because uh, we talk a lot about Ronda and Brock and what happens now. And so, yeah, check us out. And, uh, Brian, always, it was great to hang out with you in New York. Absolutely, man. I had a good time, too. And I'm, and I'm glad that you are the one person that went with us that did not get soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, too. Believe me. All right, let's get to your questions. You can leave them on the Between the Ropes Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes. I remembered to put the post up this week, so I've got plenty of questions. And thanks to everybody who left questions for uh, the podcast here. Let's start off with uh, Jonathan Metala, who asks, was it me or did you think that the Monday Night Raw after Mania as well as SmackDown was disappointing? Or do you think that WWE is saving the hype for the shakeup. Yeah, that's something that uh, we just got done talking about a little bit is it sure feels like WWE was kind of coasting after Mania. They did a few things. Lars Sullivan debuted. Uh, they set up Lacey Evans against Becky Lynch. So they did a few things. Hardy's won the tag team titles on SmackDown. So they did a couple of things, but it sure feels like we're kind of in this holding pattern with the superstar shakeup coming next week. So I was a bit disappointed and, you know, the numbers are way down when you look at uh, Raw compared to last year. And I don't know if that's just because of, or, or there, I'm sure there's a bunch of different factors that play into that. We had the NCAA uh, basketball championship game, the men's championship game on Monday night that did a good number. And I think WWE more than ever before is becoming just a main, uh, a big show company. People were concentrated on WrestleMania, but when it comes to the weekly TV, I think people feel like they can tune out, like they're not missing much. You know, maybe they're going to pop in here or there, but there's something else that's going on uh, specifically. That's what they're going to do. And it's not like WWE promoted anything for the shows in advance, really. And I know that it's post WrestleMania and typically that does a big number, but we're, we're with the superstar shakeup coming the following week. And I don't know how many people realize that because it wasn't like, it wasn't promoted overly like it's been mentioned, but it wasn't like uh, they talked about it all the time. But I just think people are like, you know what? I just got done through a long WrestleMania. I don't know what's going to happen on this show. They haven't promoted too much. Was there a lot of hype? Was there a lot of pomp and circumstance when it comes to WrestleMania? Yes, but no. So I'm sure they felt like it was a, a missable show in some ways. Um, Jonathan also asked, also, are we expecting the new Bray Wyatt character to be somewhat related to the handsock vulture images that we keep on seeing? The answer to that is yes. And uh, I, I would assume so because they're, the promos are shot in a similar way and that they do the, the quick ending and it's even got the same kind of noise like when Bray first debuted. Um, if that is the case, is that really setting Bray up for success? I don't know. I mean, I think we could sit here and all talk about like how weird and goofy that is we just got to see exactly what they're going to do with bray i don't know i mean we've seen what's happened in the past where especially when he first debuted and people were like really behind him but wwe wanted to keep him a heel they fought everything i thought they could have made a bigger deal out of himself and the wyatt family early on and for whatever reason wwe decided to go in a different direction and i think we can all remember that his his championship run 
wasn't that great, unfortunately. And then he had the weird match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. So I've always said that they do not understand the Bray Wyatt character, or at least they do not understand its appeal with the audience. And I don't know what the audience reaction is going to be like when Bray comes back. And we'll just have to see exactly what the character is and what they're going to do with him and what the reaction is going to be. Francis asks, what do you think is the one key lesson that WWE learned from this year's WrestleMania? I don't think they will learn from the length of the show. I think the one thing that they learned is they they better have better communication with the host city when it comes to how people are going to leave that show and what can we do to not have as much congestion or alleviate it as best as possible. What are we doing with public transportation? What are we doing when it comes to Uber and Lyft and services like that? What is going to be the easiest way to get people out of here? Yes, there's going to be, you know, 70, 80, 90,000 people leaving the same area around the same time, but you have to uh, have a better way to get people out of there. I am not blaming them for the mess that happened uh, this past Sunday at WrestleMania. I think a lot of that was the city uh, or the, the state of New Jersey. Uh, and even their, their governor blasted uh, the whole effort there when it came to getting people out of there because that was a, that was an absolute mess. I mean, I saw the later part of the mess because I was in the middle of it, but that's something that uh, regardless, that needs to be taken care of. And I think that's something that's going to be a focal point for WWE because they do not want uh, that to go on because I mean, hell, even if it's their fault or not, they're the ones that are going to get a lot of negative publicity off of that. So I, I think that's one thing that they will learn from this year. Uh, did John Cena turn your heel at this year's WrestleMania? No. He just reverted back to a uh, different character that he was playing earlier on in his career. Do you think that we will see the U.S. and IC title change brands? Possibly. I mean, that's something to do with the superstar shakeup, especially with Samoa Joe uh, being the U.S. champion. And sounds like he's going to start a few with Braun Strowman. So I... I think they're going to be on the same brand. It's just we got to figure out what brand that's going to be. And if if he moves over to Raw, then I would expect Finn Balor with the IC title to move over to SmackDown. With EC3 getting a manager, and yes, it does seem like Drake Maverick is his manager because they appeared on a dark match together. Uh, do you think that we could start seeing more managers appear in WWE anytime soon? Absolutely not. I think it's going to be on a case-by-case situation, and I do not think that's going to happen. Uh, which WrestleMania entrance did you enjoy the most? There weren't too many elaborate entrances. I thought Seth Rollins was really cool just because of the crowd participation very early on. So the set wasn't overly elaborate that they used at MetLife Stadium this year for WrestleMania. It really wasn't. It was just like this, this giant video board that they had there. And of course, they used fireworks and whatnot. You know what? Actually, when it comes to entrances, uh, Probably Becky Lynch, or I mean, not Becky Lynch, but uh, Charlotte Flair. I mean, Charlotte Flair uh, coming in on the helicopter and then landing and then walking in. Uh, I thought that was that was super cool. So let, let's go with Charlotte Flair there. Uh, with Impact renewing their deal in the UK, do you think that they will get a US TV deal anytime soon? No, I do not. And uh, let's see. With LA in the running for WrestleMania after Tampa, what city would you like to see host WrestleMania? Yeah, I I think the favorite right now in 2021 is Los Angeles with the the new football stadium that they're going to have out there. Uh, When it comes to after that, 
Las Vegas. They got the brand new stadium that they're building out there also that's going to be the new home of the Raiders when they move over there. So I would say uh, Vegas, without a doubt. And uh, that w- that could be craziness. Quite honestly, having uh, that many people uh, come to Las Vegas for WrestleMania and wrestling fans, that could be nuts. Uh, and uh, do you think we will see Michael back on the SummerSlam BTR special? I, I have no idea. Um, Michael's always welcome to come back here. We talked about this. Our schedules are... Uh, do not align as good as we would like, or else Mike would be back a hell of a lot more often. So we'll see what we can do. And he's always welcome to come on here. And we're always trying to see if we can work something out. But uh, like I said, our schedules are uh, do not coincide, shall we say. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, because I always like having Michael on here. Ben Burnside asked, did you see Kurt Angle's Instagram post about John Cena and his thugonomics outfit? Apparently, Kurt Angle was wearing his team angle jacket. Reading between the lines in this post, it is clear to me that Kurt Angle had an interest in wrestling John Cena at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts? I think he did too. I think both John and Kurt wanted to face each other, but I think WWE had different ideas. Storyline-wise, they thought it was better for Kurt to go with Baron Corbin. And when it came to Cena, I think they wanted to do an entertainment part of the show with him, and that's why we saw the return of the Doctor of Thugonomics and some kind of promo on Elias. So... It is what it is. You know, WWE wants to get some entertainment on the show. And uh, for whatever reason, they felt like they did not want to do Cena and Kurt Angle. And I I think those guys wanted to face each other, but um, it was not meant to be, apparently. Eric Phillips asks, what do you think of the new setup of the Hall of Fame? Maybe beef up the security more, but I kind of liked it. I did not like it. And uh, they had they did it in the ring, like in the middle of uh, the crowd like you would normally do. But that means somebody's got their, you know, you get your back turned to half of the audience all the time. So I did not like that. I, I think it's better to just put it up on the big stage like they did before. Now, I am wondering, did they do that? Because it was so much easier when it comes to the setup. Like you don't have to change things around because you're in the Barclays Center. You've already done NXT there. That's the same setup for NXT. It's the same setup you're going to have for Raw on Monday and for SmackDown on Tuesday. So I can understand that from a logistical standpoint, because otherwise, like after NXT, you're tearing it down, then you're setting it up for Hall of Fame, which I don't know how much work goes into that. I would think like the video boards and everything are probably about the same, but you do have to like erect a different kind of stage up there. And then you have to take it back down and set it back up the other way for the TV shows. So my guess is this was partially done for production because it just makes it easier to keep everything set up the same way. All of those nights for all those shows are doing in the same building. Sam Martin asks, can we get back to one WWE champion? I would hope so. I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, and WWE champion, maybe main event WrestleMania. Well, there was a reason why we had the main event of WrestleMania that we did because it made sense to have the women there. I don't have a problem with that. And if people want to have a problem with the uh, match alignment that they did and that they put Brock and Seth on first, I mean, it got the show off to a hot start. They always want to do that. Um, and that was for the Universal Championship, obviously. And it made sense storyline-wise the way that uh, Paul Heyman did it, saying, hey, if we're not going to go in last, we're going in first, and we're getting the hell out of here. Because Brock Lesnar's supposed to be the guy that's like, I'm better than everybody. I don't need you guys. I've got plenty of options. Yeah, I'm the champion, and good luck taking the title off of me. And I call my own shots. I do what I want. And uh, it made sense the way that they did that. So I don't have a problem with it. Uh, and yeah, Sam also said, and the main event, maybe not having a botched ending. That was unfortunate. That was, but you know what? I will sit here and I will say 
yeah, I'd never want a botched finish, okay? Because Ronda's shoulders were supposed to be down for the three count, and obviously they were not when the referee counted it. But it does give Ronda an out for whenever she is back in WWE saying, hey, look at this. I don't know what that ref was looking at, but you didn't beat me. That was not a three count. My shoulders were not down for a three count. That was an illegitimate pin. And it opens the door to an immediate rematch. And I, I know you could sit there and you could say, well, they could have a rematch anyway. It just makes sense, you know, between Becky and Ronda because they haven't had a one-on-one match yet. And she could be coming back for revenge for Becky taking her title. But I think it, it adds a little bit more storyline to it, especially if you're going to use Ronda as a heel in uh, whenever they do that. And I, I think they're going to get to it. I just don't know when that's going to be. Why can't we have nice things anymore? Oh, I should have probably read that before, right? Uh, we do have nice things, Sam. It's okay. And he also adds, uh, shout out to Dickerman, Vito, D'Lo, and even Michael. And plus minus 20 years of BTR. My math is probably a little off. Yeah, it's a little bit off, but that's okay, Sam. That's perfectly fine. Believe it or not, we're coming up on 21 years at the end of August. Last year was 20 years. Uh, Mark Tracy asks, did you find it interesting that Lars Sullivan and Brock Lesnar debuted almost the same way? I mean, if you remember, Lesnar also came out and destroyed the Hardys almost exactly the same as Sullivan did Tuesday night. Just thought it was an interesting parallel between the two. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they want to make Lars into a monster, and that's what we saw is that he came out and he was just beating up guys. I don't know about the flying headbutt. That is a move that we've heard time and time again that can be so dangerous, especially for guys that size. It's just the amount of punishment that it puts on your knees. Even um, when it comes to your head, even if you don't directly connect, or sometimes you're probably going to, that um, it, it it's just a taxing move. And I'm I'm a bit surprised that that's what they're going to do with him. But um, yeah, it made sense to have him come out there and squash guys on on uh, SmackDown, and even on uh, Monday night he came out there and he beat up Kurt Angle on Raw. So Mark also asks, how come you dislike Tampa so much? I'm thinking of attending WrestleMania weekend next year, but is it something I should avoid doing? No, if you want to go to WrestleMania, go to WrestleMania. I mean, I don't like Tampa because I feel like there's just a lot of, um, God, I don't want to come off too nasty here, but I'm sure I'm going to. There's just a lot of dirty, nasty people that live in Tampa. <laughs> it's people with almost kind of that beach lifestyle to some extent. And it's funny because like, if you go right across, if you go past Tampa and you keep going South, you run into St. Petersburg, but you cross the bridge to get there. St. Pete is beautiful. Tampa is just a bunch of, um, dirty beer drinking, nasty drunks to some extent, <laughs> quite honestly. And in and, and part of it is too, I've had some bad incidents in Tampa. I got in a uh, very, very bad car wreck one time, which we talked about here on the podcast before with uh, myself and Dickerman. And um, we had some executives from then called Spike TV and even the UFC in the car because we went there after a UFC event. And we were going around the corner at like 1.30 in the morning to go to Perkins, which I think was the only thing open at the time. And I had a Dodge Neon. And even though that's a small car, all six of us piled into the car. And all we had to do was go literally like a mile and a half down the street. And as we were sitting at the light to turn left, to turn into the Perkins, a pickup truck smashed into us and totaled my car. 
And luckily, nobody was seriously hurt. We had one person go to the hospital, but uh, she was fine after a few hours. She just needed to have her be checked out. But um, And nobody got injured from the that was in the other vehicle as well. But I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what they were thinking. They didn't even hit their brakes. They're probably going at least 40 miles an hour uh, when they hit us. Oh, and by the way, this truck, this old piece of crap pickup truck, had a two by four for a front bumper. And I'm not even making that up. I have a picture of it. They had a two by four for a front bumper and it smashed us. And uh, that was not good. And uh, I've had some other weird stuff happen in Tampa. Like you're at the drive through and somebody, of a, like a, I don't know, fast food restaurant, whichever one it was, and somebody comes running out of their car and jumps in front of uh, the window while you're at the window trying to pick up your food and they're barking at people. It's, it's just a weird city, man. Just a weird city. Just keep your head on a swivel. It's not like, oh, you're going to get robbed or you're going to get mugged. It's just weird stuff happens in Tampa. Just weird stuff. People are sloppy drunks there too, man. It's like, hey, man, man. everybody's trying to get in fights or do whatever. It's just it's a fight club down there, man. That's the experience I've had. I'll tell you that, man. Uh, Bill Dixon asks, as great as New Japan looked at Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor looked like the complete opposite. The lack of talent depth, bad booking, production issues, I felt really took away from the show. What is your opinion of Ring of Honor at the moment? And what are some steps that they need to take to get back on track? Because from my point of view, Ring of Honor is a dumpster fire. I would not go that far as saying a dumpster fire, but I think New Japan definitely did look better. Um, when it comes to the production issues, I wouldn't blame that on Ring of Honor if you felt like there was production issues because that was a joint show. The same people that are handling production for Ring of Honor handled it for New Japan for that show for the G1 Supercard uh, last Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. So um, if you want to talk about production issues from other shows, you could do that. Um, the booking, I think, was questionable. And I think it does go to show right now when it comes to talent because they have a, a they have some new talent that have come in there yet that they're still trying to establish. And it, it goes to show how much it hurts. You know, they don't have Cody. They don't have Adam Page. Uh, they don't have the Young Bucks. Um, and even over the last couple of years, they've lost some other talent as well when it comes to like Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And that's not unusual for Ring of Honor. That happens all the time that they are trading out talent. They brought in some other guys too. They brought in PCO and they brought in Brody King and they brought in Bandito and they brought in Roosh. So right now it's just a point of establishing some of those guys. And I think they're also in a situation too where they're trying to take guys that have not been in the main event yet and put them there. Marty Skrull has not been a main eventer yet. They're trying to put him in there, even though we all think Marty's going to leave later this year whenever his contract expires and join his friends over at All Elite Wrestling. And then Matt Taven is a guy that is a very polarizing person that some people think should not be a main event guy, much less the ROH world champion. And that's exactly what he is right now. So I think you, you bottle in that as well. And when it comes to the booking, I mean, I think there was a little bit too much Gaga from Ring of Honor standpoint by New Japan on that show because New Japan's got such really, really good wrestlers. And you had a very long segment on that show when it came to what turned into a six-man tag team street fight. And you know that that feels like just something that you could see elsewhere. And I'm not saying it was necessarily bad. It was just long. It didn't feel special. And you want stuff that felt special. Seeing New Japan with those matches that they had, especially at the top of the card between, you know, Jay White and uh, Kazuchika Okada and even the uh, Naito and Ibushi matches, those are special. And to see it on that big stage was incredible. 
I like the ladder match a lot as well. Those guys busted their ass in that match. And I know some people are not happy about Matt Taven winning the title. I had no problems with it. I thought Matt should have won the title. And I'm glad that he did win the title. And it's just now we'll, we'll see exactly what they're going to do with him going forward. But I think it was a night where I wouldn't classify it as bad as you did, Bill. But I would say that I think there were some weaknesses that were shown there. And it's something where your ring of honor just has to firm up their game. And some of it is just, you know, they've, they've tried to get more talent in there, but uh, some of those talent did not sign. They went elsewhere, but they need to stay aggressive in going after talent. They need to focus on the talent that they have right now and keep building up storylines and building up those guys that they have into bigger stars. That's what they really need to do right now is build those guys up and get some star power going there. And I think that I think they'll be fine. I mean, this, this doesn't really feel necessarily anything different from what we get with Ring of Honor. And I think some of that is just frustrations from fans always wanting more out of Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor is what it is. They, they're only going to put so many resources in there. They're only going to do so much. They try their best. I'm not saying that people do not try. This is what Ring of Honor has been. This is what their management wants it to be. Just good, steady programming. And are they really going to spend a ton of money on it? Probably not. I mean, they, they, they're definitely spending more than they have in the past, but are they going to try to take it to this other level when it comes to production and outbidding everybody for all this talent? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, there, there's some other guys that I know that they've come very close on getting, but for whatever reason, they missed out on them. And some of that's not even money. Some of that is just logistics where people want to work with in a certain place. Uh, maybe they didn't want to come to the United States. Maybe they felt more comfortable somewhere else. I mean, it's not, it's not always about money. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it is, but it's not always. And we do remember that they did get Bandito because they were very aggressive in getting him. So I think we're just in this state of flux right now when it comes to Ring of Honor and some of their talent. And we got to see how it flushes out here over the next few months. Al Al Sharif asks, uh, congrats on the great work you did during WrestleMania weekend. I hope you had a good time and enjoyed your stay in New York. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, where do you think Eli Drake is going to land after being released by Impact Wrestling? He's a big time player in my opinion, but I fear WWE would misuse him if he goes there. Well, first we got to see exactly what his contract status is going to be because there is a belief that uh, Impact is going to say that he basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he defied his contract. There's a better word for that, but. Um, but basically, he broke his contract, and they can hold him to a non-compete for a little while. So we'll see. I think Eli Drake is a very good talker when it comes to his work in the ring. I think it's okay. Um, maybe slightly better than okay. I don't want to marginalize him too much. But, you know, I, I think he's a, he's a good talent. Um, WWE seems like an obvious fit. Maybe NXT. But I, I don't know uh, what exactly the plans are. And I don't know if, if All Elite would be interested in him. He's... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like all lead. He's too close to MJF. And. Hmm. But I, I mean, I know that there is believed to have been at, at least interest on his behalf, I think, in going to WWE. So we'll, we'll see how this all shakes out. But I think, I think the biggest thing right now is going to see be, uh, when is he actually available to go someplace else? Um, you know, is he going to be held up when it comes to his contract? Can he sign anywhere else? And if even if there's any some kind of controversy about that, that's going to court. I have a feeling nobody else is going to touch him until that all gets squared away. Triple H uh, took a few shots at AEW during his Hall of Fame induction. Do you think that reveals his and WWE stance towards the new startup promotion? 
Well, first of all, I think they only did that because it was Billy Gunn and they're having some fun at his expense and, and joking. But at the same time, I mean, if they're talking about them, that means they're on the radar. They notice them. And uh, that means something. Do you think Ring of Honor came out of the G1 Supercard show looking better or worse? Personally, I'm excited for the new signings they revealed, the beautiful people and Enzo and Big Gas. But there's been a lot of negativity, to, negativity towards them online. I don't understand any reason to be negative about beautiful people or allure, as they're called. I think that was perfectly fine. The Enzo and Big Cass one is the one that I think is the controversial one. I think that's the polarizing one and the one that people are going to get a bit upset about. And I get it. Trust me. I get it. And I don't even know what the plans are right now for Enzo and Cass going forward. Like, what what do they want to do with those guys? Who are they feud with? Uh, How much do they want them to wrestle? Are they actually bringing them in? Have they signed a contract? Or was that was that like a one-night deal? Let's see where we're at and we'll go from there. And I, I don't know. I mean, um, when it comes to Ring of Honor looking better or worse, I mean, I just talked about that before. But, I mean, they still have a lot of good talent. They still have a lot of good talent. I still think they do a lot of good stuff. Let, let's see where it goes here. Uh, finally, what did you think of uh, what happened to uh, Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame ceremony? And do you think it was due... Uh, to a security mistake, and why would anyone assault good old Bret Hart? I, I have no idea why that guy did what he did. Um, that was nuts. We were at Madison Square Garden when that happened, and we started hearing about it on social media. Like, uh, and I say we, it means all the members of the media. It was making the buzz around uh, Media Row there, and um, we could not believe it. I don't know what that fan was thinking. If you go back on his Twitter account, it looks like for the last like month or two, uh, this guy has been spouting a lot of crazy stuff, kind of talking about like, I'm coming there. I'm going to be driving there. And I believe he lives in Nebraska. He's like, I'm, I'm coming to WrestleMania for my job. Like he was expecting to have a job. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. This guy has mental issues and that's nothing to be joked around about. So I don't know what was going through his mind, what he was thinking. Maybe it was a situation of, I'm going to go there and I'm going to shoot on Bret Hart to show how tough I am or get somebody's attention. I don't know. When it comes to security, I mean, there was security there, but somehow this guy breached it. And I think I don't know if he jumped like in the middle of the barricade or if somebody was just looking a different direction. I have no idea how that happened, but I will say this, man. Uh, the wrestlers... <laughs> They jumped in the ring so quick. There were so many different people that got in that ring quick. I mean, there was there had to have been at least like 20 people in the ring. It felt like within like 15 seconds. I mean, and you even had like Travis Brown was in there. Steve Carino was in there. Uh, there was a ton of people that got in the ring to protect Brett. So I think it's something where they have to look a lot closer when it comes to security. And uh, luckily, nobody uh, was seriously hurt when it comes to Brett or Natalia. And I have no idea what it this guy was thinking maybe we'll find out coming up here. I mean, he has been arrested and he faces serious jail time for this. And one of the other things that we're wondering about too, is because if you remember a couple of years ago, Seth Rollins was at a, I think raw. It was in Nebraska, I believe. And he was walking to the ring and remember a fan came up behind him. It was like almost walking almost side by side by him out to the ring before security got him. And that guy was wearing a certain kind of multicolored hat. And it's very similar to the one this guy had on. And we're wondering, is that the same guy? We'll have to see if it is or not. And I mean, that's a hell of a coincidence. I will say that. So we'll, we'll see. But hey, 
it, it's obvious this guy, like I said, has some mental issues and hopefully that gets taken care of. But, uh, you know, that that's a serious, serious incident. And luckily, Brett was not seriously hurt. Natalia was not seriously hurt. And you know what? This guy, he needs some help and uh, probably needs some jail time as well. I mean, something has to be done from this. And then hopefully, WWE learns from this. And, um, you know, I'm not putting the blame on any one person, but um, that that's a massive security breach. And, and that cannot happen again going on. And uh, we'll wrap up with this. John McPro Wrestling Fan. If that's your real last name, that's pretty impressive. Uh, he asks, uh, what was up with the ring at WrestleMania? It seemed awfully basic without all of the LED lights. That's because, so they didn't have the LED lights uh, at the bottom part of the ring on the side like they normally would. But what they did is they had a stanchion that went, um, so they had the posts and a big uh, round LED light board that was above the ring. Like, I don't know what. 15 feet up, 20 feet up, whatever it was. So that's where they had it. They didn't want to have the LED board there and also on the bottom of the ring. And he also says, also, the champion's advantage of WrestleMania died a hard death. WWE has been abusing it for years. Now it's dead. Hmm. The champion's advantage at WrestleMania. When you go in there and you have a match, I don't know what the champion's advantage is there. I mean, the main event, you had a triple threat. That's always going to be harder because you got to face two people if you're the champion going into there. And then the other match, I mean, what advantage are you going to have? It's a one-on-one contest. Everybody's like on the same platform. You know, everybody's in the same spot going into that match. So if you're talking about like you think champions should retain, I mean, what, which champion did you want to retain? Did you want Brock Lesnar to retain? Did you want Daniel Bryan to retain? Uh, did you want Charlotte Flair to retain or Ronda Rousey? Either way, somebody's championship was changing hands in the uh, triple threat women's match. So, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you're getting at there, John. But, uh, hey, we we knew there was going to be major championships change hands. And we've been talking for a while. We felt like that was going to be a very babyface heavy show when it came to winners. And they had a couple of heels in there. They mixed it up. Baron Corbin, you know, won his match. Um, that being probably the biggest heel there. Um, but, I mean, Roman Reigns won. Kofi Kingston won. Seth Rollins won. Becky Lynch won. So, in a lot of the major matches, we saw baby faces come away with the titles. And that's what we expected. That's what they used to do all the time when it came to WrestleMania. So, I wouldn't look at it as a champion's advantage thing. I'd look at it as, you know, the feel-good story and baby faces. And that's that's what WrestleMania has been about in the past. So, you know, that that's what I would look at a little bit more when it comes to WrestleMania. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And as always, thank you to everybody that is not only subscribed to the podcast, but supports Between the Ropes on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com backslash Between the Ropes. And for $3 a month, you get the ad-free version of this podcast. I did do some uh, more videos when it came to WrestleMania coming up here. And I'm uh, putting together a plan to do some more uh, videos coming up here especially once I get over some allergies right now, because I feel like I've had to sniff for about the last 15 minutes and I've been holding it in because I do not want to have a loud sniff here as I'm recording the podcast. So thanks again, everybody for all the support. I always appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you follow along on social media where it's on Facebook at facebook.com backslash between the ropes on Twitter. It's at between the ropes. And of course you can follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Fritz. Appreciate it, everybody. Talk to you next week.